Welcome to episode 57 of the Barbells and Briefcases podcast, the official business and fitness podcast. I'm John Miller, here with Nick Exclusive, the man, the, the myth, the legend, What's Nick up, Saka. What's up? Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look at us being accountable for ourselves and getting getting back we, in here. We did it. We did it. Within it, we did it two weeks in a row or um, two two. Hey, within like ten days of each other. Yeah, 10, twelve days. Yeah, we're we're back at it again. Let's that, do this. All right. Um, our first thing I wanted to talk about today uh, is leveraging your social media. Uh, your girlfriend Kaija, as well as me, have had a couple of social media moments that have happened in the last uh, few weeks, few months that yeah. made us. Very aware of the power of social media and and the things that you can do to to leverage those things for your business, yeah, or just f- for any reason, like how powerful social media is. Um, why don't you talk about? Yeah, well, I've I've been somebody that if you follow me, um, I've been a huge advocate for social media. I'm pretty consistent. I put myself out there a lot more than all of our friends do, for sure. Yeah, and you you've been talking into your your camera for a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm just consistent, but by no means do I consider myself a uh, social media influencer. Um, I don't think a lot of people would consider me an influencer. Like, there's no way. Uh, but No blue check mark just yet. No blue check mark, and, uh, you know, and I've always known the power of social media, but yeah, a couple things, a couple things recently have have uh you know i guess awakened you know this logic or this these thoughts which are uh my girlfriend kaija she procrastinated on on really utilizing tiktok and she uh put she finally mustered up enough energy to to put out a couple of you know tiktoks and one of them goes viral one of the i think her second or third one goes viral with 1.5 million views now and with it came all these opportunities for her business and lots of inquiries lots of exposure Um, she sold a bunch of she's made a lot of sales from this TikTok, Mm -hmm. and and with and after it's so cool because like after this thing went viral it like motivated her kind of lit a fire under her to get all of the other systems in place like she's she's become very aggressive about getting her her website up and going um and it's pretty much ready she's got a whole calendly set up where people can schedule appointments with her and she is leading her whole um her whole group i guess um her whole group in in sales for the month and it's just some crazy stuff she's connecting with people all over the world all over um, the u.s um, people from london people from australia like just people from different places and it's really really cool how i know you have um, some stuff that you want to talk about well I, i'm kind of interested in Kai, what happened with kaisha because she's been making tiktoks for a long time so that wasn't like her first or third or fifth you video know what so and she, this is she swears by this she had a tiktok before but it was a lot of like personal yeah stuff. i remember it was it was because i remember seeing that she had two accounts on there a lot more at, personal at stuff a lot more a lot more personal, a lot more travel, um, and just random stuff. Yeah, more lifestyle stuff. And she wanted to kind of rebrand because I think whether we like it or not, I think, and it might be a good a good idea for people. She wanted to just start from scratch um, on a brand new TikTok that was aligned with her water with, business, with her niche. Yeah, yeah, with that business, 
and for it to promote to you know yeah. people more interested with that and i think her mindset was or maybe her logic was that the old tiktok already kind of catered to a certain community right and by this new one now it's consistent with her overall message and her 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 newfound you know passion and stuff so maybe that made a difference i don't know but uh you, you know where i can see kind of like a similarity in like the strategy is tiktok does they want they want consistency you know a lot of people a lot of people blow up because their people they know that they're going to get the same exact thing spun a little bit differently in every yeah. single TikTok, right? Well, and it's, it's smart because if you're interested in one thing and this content creator is providing you with information about this one area of your interest, like, why wouldn't you follow that, that person so that you get more of that content pushed? Like, there's lots of people. There's, you know, I have uh, fitness influencers that I follow on TikTok. I have comedy people that I follow on TikTok. I have podcasts that I follow on TikTok. And... If any of those people like posted different types of things that were outside of like those regions, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as interested or those would be the ones that I just quickly swipe away from because it's not the thing that I'm interested in. So mm-hmm. it makes yeah. sense. And it kind of reminds me of how with your YouTube, you've kind of pivoted from it being a, like about Self- Nick the person, yeah. self-development, the the lifestyle of Nick Saka to insurance. All insurance because right. that's all that people wanted to see. Right, it was yeah. the only videos that were doing well, and so I'm I'm tripling down to just on insurance related content. Yeah, right. So and 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 as we're having this conversation, it's making me think about my own situation now, and making me think about the pivot that I'm about to start making in my head and in my Twitter. So last week I had like not even close to 1.5 million, but so I've had a Twitter for like probably 10 years and until last week i didn't even i don't think i even had 100 followers on tick on twitter basically i used it as like a news source to follow sports people and entertainment people that i was interested in and like you always get news first on twitter and then it was also kind of like a little journal diary for me where i would like write in random things and and randomly over as look looking back on my twitter over the years like it's funny to see how it's kind of changed but um so last week i made this tweet about like it was the end of my work day on like a tuesday or a wednesday and it was just all it said was i love my job learning to code in my was the best decision of my 30s i posted it on my instagram i don't think the instagram post did anything to increase engagement but i have probably two or three uh bigger tech twitter followers of mine one guy has like over a hundred thousand Twitter followers, and another guy that had like over thirty or forty thousand. They uh, liked it. One guy retweeted it, and it snowballed from there to where like I made the post on like a Wednesday afternoon, Friday or yeah Friday night. Like I started to get a whole lot more notifications and a whole lot more notifications to where by Saturday morning I had a couple hundred extra like. Like, I think my Twitter now is like over 350 followers and I had four or five people reaching out to me to, for, uh, Google chat, Google meetings, wanting to like know more about my story and, and, uh, our episode from, uh, from last year of me talking about going from a personal trainer to a software engineer, that story, I, that, uh, that podcast episode got another 50 views or so. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just interesting to see and, and 
that whole process made me realize that now I have to like like if I want to capitalize on this or even just capitalize on helping these people that my Twitter kind of has to change and I need to tweet more mm-hmm. and so, uh, document your journey. Yeah, doc- document my journey and, and kind of leverage this opportunity to help not only to help people but I mean if it ever at one if it ever at any point becomes a a thing where there's not enough time in my day to have these Google Meets chats and to be mentoring these people one-on-one that, you know, maybe this could turn into like an ebook or an e-course or something like that to where I'm, you know, you know, to where I'm helping people, you know, break into tech because it is like breaking into tech and that, that getting that first job is the biggest hump for so, so, so many people. And there's so much opportunity right now for, there's lots of companies looking for middle man, middle uh, experience and like senior engineers that getting more people into that junior position and that first position in tech is so so hard but it's so so important yeah. I think and you have if you don't you might not realize this but you already just in the last two years you can break every experience up from the interviews from the studying from the which courses you took right. to the you can kind of break all that down yeah. and use that as content to put out on reels or TikTok and to, to kind of build that following more right. and just that is something that people probably want to know about like for me it's yeah. all about dumbing down the insurance industry into bite-sized pieces of people just starting out right. like I have to like in my mind go back to starting day one what was going through my mind what do i want to know about yeah. this this and that and put that out as content and then to your point yeah maybe someday you might get so darn busy that you're like okay i can't do these for free anymore i've got to start charging because my time is valuable right and you know and yeah so on and so forth and there's nothing more annoying and i hate to say this because it sounds so douchey but it, you know people people that hey can i pick your brain real quick like yeah sure you know <laughs> but it's I, like i got i got five of those dms like in one day and it's humbling and cool at first but after a while you know there's there like if we mentally physically don't have the, enough time to go through every single dm to yeah. be able to do that um now on the contrary there is this thing that i heard you know a couple weeks uh, last week matter of fact and and as far as where you take this, you know, right? So if anybody that's building an audience or anybody that's growing a brand or anybody that's interested in some specific thing and you start producing content on that and you start blowing up in it, it's putting off the the sale, putting off the sale, the monetization of it and just growing that community, yeah. adding the, as much free value. It's like Gary Vee. Yeah. Jab, jab, jab. Yeah. But giving as much free value away for as long as possible until you create almost this guilt of... In your audience. In your audience that... They like you so much and they're so appreciative of everything that you've given them. And when you come out with a product, they might already... They might they might be able to finish your sentences, right? Right, right. <laughs> but, but they're going to buy it anyways because they you've been guilted into how many people on your social media give you the you know the sun is shining thing every once in a while <laughs> every once in a while <laughs> but yeah and i think that's kind of you know where where i'm at is i i've come out with uh you know insurance content for the last year and a half and i'm getting ready to 
take it to the next level in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of in that crossroads because I'm putting out all this free content yeah. and it's evergreen content, evergreen meaning that like it'll always be searchable. Whereas some people talk current events, that's not, you're not going to be able, nobody's going to care about, you know, uh, Joe Rogan being canceled like a year from now. Right. Right. Because yeah. that was this year's news. Right. So nobody's going to pull up that or. Although stuff like that is important to do because like we were talking about before the podcast, like our most listened to episodes or our most listened to episode was a very topical episode that we did last year on like Robin Hood and Wall Street bets and things like that. Yeah. So it's kind of like finding Mix that it. middle ground. Mixing yeah. it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like some of it you want to be able to like anybody that finds your channel can go on, you know, a year from now or five years from now and the content is just as relevant and just as interesting. Yeah. But also having a, that mixture of content in there where it's like, I want to be, I want to follow this person because if something does happen tomorrow, I know he's going to talk about it and I know. Right. Yeah. And I want to hear his spin on things. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, most of my content's evergreen. And so I just keep thinking the more I come out with all this content, uh, the more later I'm going to wish that I at least had a plug for like a course that I'm offering or, mm-hmm. you know, something just, yeah. I do want to monetize it a little bit because YouTube just doesn't pay, you know, enough for me to come out with all this content. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, well, and it's, it's very common for, for YouTubers that do put out a lot of free content to also have, you know, courses that expand on the things that they talk about on their YouTube to an even greater detail. Yeah. You know, so, but it's cool, man. We have this great opportunity. I don't think people realize, you know, even just regular people like you and I have something that we can talk about. Like, let's use, let's use Adam, for instance. My little brother, Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam's a meat cutter. He's been cutting meat for, for at least almost, a, it seems like a decade. Yeah, basically. Almost a decade. You think if he were to come out on uh, with content on knives and... And how to cut certain things, like, people wouldn't, like, eat that up. I would be surprised if there wasn't already, like, a butcher TikTok. Yeah, 1,000%. And and that's just the first example that comes to mind. But everybody does have, like, a certain superpower that they can build a brand around and then get extra money. Yeah. Instagram pays you for having a lot of views on Reels. Yeah. Uh, And same with uh, TikTok. I know it's not as much. You had a couple reels, though, that went kind of viral, didn't you? Did you get any money off of that or no? No, no. I think it's after after you get so many. They offered it to my girl um, where they – it's – I don't know what it's called, but it's basically monetizing your your reels and stuff. I know it's not that much, but you got to think bigger picture. You just got to use – and I'll tell you, here's another thing. Right now, short form content is blowing up, and Facebook. Even uh, I think it was Zuck said that they're promoting this type of content way more than just the still images, way more than stories. I mm-hmm. mean, stories—they don't push the stories, but reels. reels and short form content is being promoted more like like never before because of what TikTok's been able to yeah. do. So, do you feel like face- right? It's always ever changing. But right we must now. take advantage of it while it's hot. Because a year from now, someone's listening to this podcast, it might not be reels anymore. Some yeah, new it'll platform, move on to something else. Yeah. It, it could be a metaverse thing. It could be, mm-hmm. uh, who knows, depending on where the world goes in the next year. But I agree with you. And I've, you know, I mentioned Gary Vee before, but I mentioned, I 
just watched a TikTok right before we started this of him mentioning that the next year, like leveraging like short form, especially TikTok is the most important thing like a social media person or somebody using social media could do. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I definitely feel like TikTok, especially uh, TikTok and face or Instagram reels are definitely more popular. I probably watch Instagram stories and, and TikTok like just scrolling through TikTok when I'm bored and find myself doom scrolling on my phone most often. Yeah. So these it, algorithms, man, and, are good. Yeah. They know how to get you. It, some of the stuff, man, like I think they figured me out where oh, yeah. They just know what my sense of humor is. Some of the stuff like I'm just b- laughing so loud like I made a tweet like three <laughs> I made a tweet 3 days ago that said the TikTok algorithm might know me better than it knows myself, than I know myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they 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 got man, this is the creativity of the world and um and I think the really the coolest thing about social media is that it allows you monetization if you build the right if you build a brand around whatever it is you want to build a brand around it just allows you this opportunity to to monetize and to give you more to connect with people all over the world yeah whereas yeah. whereas 20 years ago your circle was Las Vegas and the yeah. people in your circles in Las Vegas and the people who know the people that you know, like just the little circles of who you know and who they know yeah. that's it whereas, it's, it's brought, whereas yeah. now like four of my or three of the five meetings that I had last week were guys that lived on the east coast one guy lived in Canada one guy lived in New Jersey one guy lived in Georgia and it was just and it they had reached out to me to help them break into tech and like I started coaching these people on that and it was just surreal yeah. that people wanted to know my story because they connected with you know the starting the later in life and having like an unconventional start to to a career yeah which is cool of course the people part i mean i think i was looking at it from a vantage point of of it giving you a little bit more control of your destiny versus relying like just on a job right where you get to yeah. make money from it's, yeah. so it's another stream of income the internet yeah. and giving you more freedom of course the relationships like that's cool as hell you know i've connected <laughs> with so many people uh uh and i don't even know these people right you know and some of these people are more supportive than you know people that you see uh well, we've, we've learned that with barbells too is that some of our biggest supporters are the people that that have never met us in real life yeah or have barely met us in real life yeah you know, so I, I we don't you know I don't think people necessarily need this podcast of us talking about it to see the the magnitude of how important it is. I think it's obvious, but I think if you're listening to this and you don't consider yourself, um, I guess, well versed in social media or building a brand or, or yeah. mastering of, of, of something and putting yourself out there. Um, Anybody can do this. Yeah, rethink it because there's definitely something. You definitely have a niche of that you could, if you wanted to, if you wanted to be creative, there is a lane where you could create content that would be interesting to somebody somewhere. Yeah. And cap finding that niche and, and capitalizing on it and, and being creative about it is the hard part. Yeah. And then the opportunities will come to you. I mean, I, there's, I think of that one... Um, the one black dude on TikTok that 
it, he makes videos of people doing something in the most complicated way. And then he does it the and simple way. And he does the hand thing. his little hand gesture. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. There's just all this different stuff. Uh, and now he, yeah, he's got millions and like more followers than anybody on TikTok and is a millionaire and stuff like that, which is yeah. the wildest story of like the last two years. Yeah. I wonder how, I wonder if we're getting to a point to where it's necessary, like. Uh, what part? Uh, with social media, like. If if we're talking in the future, I'm gonna uh, not to get all like conspiracy ish, but like if there's like social credit scores and all that stuff, like Black Mirror. Yeah, I mean that's like Black Mirror. What happened in Black Mirror is the worst case scenario of where technology is going. Um, but I think being more opt like you could also have an optimistic viewpoint and look at the ways like that we've been talking about how social media is being used to where you can connect with people all over the world create another stream of income for your business you know find new customers for your business find new people that could help you like imagine if i was in uh you know these guys reaching out to me like there were people that i reached out to on social media that i got ideas from that helped me break into tech and now i'm just passing that that information forward so and creating that chain is or being a part of that chain is just really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, it's all about, how, about, yeah. Yeah, obviously, like, when government gets involved and things like that, it gets scary. And, and I think, uh, like, I don't know enough about, like, what China's doing with, like, social credit scores and things like that and, and how that's bleeding into, like, maybe re- even Russia now. But uh, I think everybody here in America already sees, like, Facebook as a big villain anyway. Yeah. So, so to get that pushed through, and nothing happens in our government nowadays, anyways. Like because both sides just hate each other so much, and they just want to block everything that the other side does, anyways. So I don't see like a social credit score being a big thing in America. I could be wrong, but um, for those reasons, I don't think it would become a thing here. Yeah. Like the, and people are already nowadays rejecting the idea of like canceling each other, and and cancel culture is. Like, whatever side you're on, cancel culture is a bad thing. So, that's yeah. my take on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, leverage your social media, folks. Yeah. yeah I, it's a powerful, powerful tool. And even if you're just using it as a diary and something pops off, you know, you can use that moment to, to create something cool and to, to help people. Yeah. So... Uh, another thing that we were talking about uh, just before this podcast was uh, a cool tip that you have. Uh, yeah. One of the things that we struggle with as as podcasters, especially when we listen back on our podcasts, is hearing all the, the vocal tics and the, the... What's the word for like for like and um and, and those things? Do you know? Buzzwords. Buzzwords. That make things sound bad. Yeah. And, and you got a cool tip on how to stop doing that. Yeah, something my girl sent me, and it was a podcast, and one of the things I told her I wanted to work on was I want to work on my communication skills, and I want to work on better articulating my thoughts, putting my words together smoothly and quickly and concisely, because I feel like I can ramble on to get a point across. You do all the time. I do all the time. And so, <laughs> and, and so there goes buzzwords right there. So she sent me this, and I listened to it, and it, he was talking about a way to improve this is to read at least 25 minutes 
three times a week. But here's the kicker. Read out loud. Remember when we were kids and we would read out loud and you would hear yourself and I don't know. I don't know which Def- one. Definitely, yeah. Like the teacher would call on you to read the the next paragraph. You'd read that paragraph, and then they'd call on the next person. Yeah, and, and, go and, like that. and you would tell. You could tell the difference on who was reading smoothly and who was who was re- reading yeah. not so smoothly. Although sometimes that's more of like a thing where the kids that can read really well excel in that, and and the kids that are struggling, it kind of puts a, a bad light on it. But yeah. But other other than that, like. It, it is a way of talking better and learning how to articulate yourself. Yeah. So I know you lit up when I told you about that because I told you that's something that I really, really want to work on just for my overall everything. <laughs> and, it, it, and it makes so much sense to me because not only is it like obviously the first thing I thought of was in exercise terms it makes sense because it's putting a skill of talking into practice and it's giving you reps at it, which – for me, I, since I work from home and I don't have a whole lot of like human interaction during like my eight-hour workday, talking to people it's like out loud in long like verses isn't something that I do normally. So, being able to put it into practice with what I do anyways a lot of the times, which is reading, is an interesting idea, and it makes sense because also when you're reading a paragraph, you're reading. A, a bunch of words that don't have those buzzwords in them. So it's mm-hmm. it's written out correctly and it's written out right, which makes so much sense. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can't I can't wait to put it into practice, man. And I think and one of the things the guy also said was, and you would think that reading out loud that oh it will take you maybe a, a year or two or three years of doing this. Uh, to, to get to a point where you have drastically improved. And he was saying, no, believe it or not, it doesn't even need to happen every day. Because I was shocked to hear. I was like, only three times a week? Like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though we should be reading daily, but three times a week, I can do that. Yeah. Kind of made it a lot more consumable. It's like a starting workout plan. <laughs> yeah. And he said that you might think it might take a year for people to take notice of the, of the, the improvements. No, only two months. Two months of doing that, yeah. he said people might not even recognize you the same as what he, his words were. And I was like, cool, that sounds amazing because I am preparing for a speech that's going to be in front of like 800 people. And I want to make sure that I sound smooth up there. Right. <laughs> and and so. the other thing that, that I connected with for that reason is lots of times in my prep for these podcasts, especially when we have when we've had guests on and a big part of of having a guest on in my perspective has been when you first introduce them to your audience is is making sure that that you like almost like build them up and promote them and and show them why show the audience why you're you're interviewing them Mm -hmm. so for many of the guests that we've had on the podcast i've you know done my research and collected their accolades and then put them into a paragraph where i talk about like you know, this person has done this, they've done this, and they've done this, and this, and today we're going to talk with them about this. And I've always written that down. And just whenever I started like a podcast as an intro for them, I read out the paragraph out loud so that it would sound smooth and sound eloquent. And it would just be the best type of introduction for somebody and to show respect for them. So it makes sense in that aspect too, like why I was doing that. And I didn't even put it into like, yeah, into, into a, in my head, it was just, okay, I'm preparing, uh, I'm failing to prepare as preparing to fail. So I was just doing that to be prepared. Yeah. But 
it, to make it even sound good, I wasn't even thinking about that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I hate to, I hate to make this political, but but you could you imagine if they just let Joe Biden just talk or Donald Trump <laughs> or Trump, they gave them teleprompters for a reason. Yeah. So. And it's to eliminate the like a big part of it would be to eliminate those buzzwords, which makes so much sense. Yeah. Be- so. Because you probably don't even notice it when you're talking the the amount of buzzwords that you use, but in doing this podcast, like any like I don't listen to all of our podcasts back. The ones that I have to cut up and edit a lot, I do end up listening to big chunks. And then the fun conversations that we've had, I've I've gone back and listened to from time to time. But it drives me nuts hearing myself talk because of the amount of likes and us and ands. Oh, and, we all have and, buzzwords. And get it, teaching yourself to get out of those ticks and to slow we, down we and to articulate so yourself. Much better. We would sound so much better with the removal of those words. And just letting the silence take over. Yep. 100%. (laughs) And so I'm trying to take full charge of that before this this presentation because I'm going to sound... I I would sound so much better without that. And now because I'm actively aware of my buzzwords, I actually pay more attention to it with other people. And I'm like... And so I gave somebody yeah. some feedback the other day. I was just like, hey, bro, I do this too, so I'm not judging you. We all do it. You know, but I, but you were saying, you were saying, um, a lot. And it's something like I need to work like, on too. Like was, with your uh, employees, like on their phone no, calls? No, it was, no, not on a phone call. It was, uh, I was at a mastermind recently and oh, he okay. was just like, how'd I do? I'm like, dude, you did awesome, man. You killed it, honestly. Like you did really, really well. Something to work on. And I just gave him like, you know. Quick feedback. Yeah, a little, little feedback. And, and he probably appreciated the feedback more than he appreciated the the pat on the back and the good job, yeah. bro. We all want to know how we did. I'll never yeah. forget when I bombed. It was a banker presentation. I absolutely bombed it. There was no justifying it. Like There was no like trying to make me feel better. And I'll never forget one of the homies, Tony, came up to me afterwards. He's like, hey, brother, good job, man. And I was just like, in my mind, I'm like, that's very nice of him, but stop but it. No. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. I need the honest feedback. Yeah. Oh, man. Give me some constructive criticism that I could go back and work on. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, for those of you guys, you know, I guess, and and that kind of relates to the leveraging your social media. I know a lot of people are afraid. They're fearful of recording themselves and just being in front of a camera and hearing the way they talk and all this stuff. The only way you're going to get better is to, is to just do it. These podcasts, we're still going to look back. We're 57 episodes in. We're still going to look back on these and say, yeah. man. 50 episodes from now, this is this episode's going to sound cringy to us. Yeah. Five episodes from well, now, this no, will sound cringy to me. Let's, let's relate this to Joe Rogan. He's not just, what, 500 episodes no, in? No, he's thousands of episodes he's in. He's thousands of episodes in. So yeah. he has a thousand, and, and it's not just a podcast. He has a thousand, he has a thousand more repetitions than you and I do. Right. And not only that... He's been on TV. He's been yeah. in the on the limelight. He's been doing yeah, he's comedy been, skits. Yeah, he's been talking for a living he's for been talking for forever. Yeah. And so that's why he sounds like when you listen to him, it's like, man, he's so articulate. He knows how to put his words together so like beautiful. Yeah. Like the, the, those three hours went by like nothing. Like, yeah. I could have sat there and listened to him talk for another three hours. Yeah. And that's the only way. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm glad I thought about that just right now. Yeah. So it's like whenever the next time you want to compare yourself to somebody like that, just think about how many more reps they have than you. Yeah, exactly. Well, 
it goes back to like the stoicism that I've been like reading about for the last like year or two, where, you know, if you want to be good at something or master a skill, like first you have to be content with being a fool, which basically means like, you know, even like to get to a master level, you have to start out as a beginner and you have to be okay sucking at something for a really long time. And any new skill, any new thing that you start, you, you have to be okay with being bad and sticking with it for a long, long time. Uh, goes back to Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours rule. Like you have to put in 10,000 hours at something to, to be truly a master at it. Um, uh, one thing that comes to the top of my head when I think about it is I just started playing golf and learning how to golf six months ago. And I still feel bad. Every time I go, uh, my swing feels horrible. I feel like my muscles are just too big for my swing to be good. And there's this uh, shout out to Shay, my little uh, five foot one Asian uh, golf pro that's been teaching me how to swing. But I feel so bad for her because she's critiquing something on me every time and then just watching me take 20, 30, 40 swings. And then I see this little girl walk up and take a hack at something and, and yeah. hit the ball 100 yards further than I can. <laughs> yeah, golf is not about muscle. No, it's not it, at all. But it's one of those things where the one good thing that comes out of it, like the one good swing you have makes everything so worth it. And, and it makes all the practice and all the time worth it. And it's like any any other skill, like the, the more time and pressure and consistency that you apply to anything, the better you'll get at it. Yeah. The same goes for our podcast. The same goes for working out. The same goes for any any skill that you can think of. Like if you make it a priority and if you apply time, pressure, and consistency to it, like you'll get good at it eventually. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Like it also it, all, it almost likes make you question like people being like having like a natural gift and a natural talent for something versus okay how much time like it makes you appreciate how much time and pressure that they put into it mm -hmm. but yeah yeah when you can look at it as they just made it more more of a priority than than i did right or whatever it is i was doing yeah. it's like when you see like a, a a big guy at the gym like if you've never worked out before you see a, a big guy a big muscly guy at the gym and you don't think anything of it whereas once you you get into working out a lot and and you know the amount of time it takes to build even a little bit of muscle it makes you give appreciate whole, whole somebody respect. gives you a whole new respect, respect for somebody for that's this fucking huge and jacked and strong same yeah also same with you know i hate the guy but you know lebron james right you when you can look at him and every other athlete in the nba and you know they're all freaks in their own nature because if you've ever watched like average average stars in the nba or oh, like average players in the nba if you've ever seen them in a pickup game they it's like it, yeah. oh my goodness yeah. like um, <laughs> these guys are crushing yeah. it uh it's a, brian scalabrini he he was like uh end of the bench guy for the celtics and the spurs for a long time this is six six eight six nine uh redhead white guy uh couple years ago he started doing this thing where he would challenge uh people at local gyms and stuff to go one-on-one -on -one. and nine times out of ten in these challenges he would dom like dominate these like local like good hoopers like most times he would beat them 10 to nothing 11 to nothing they'd be lucky if they even scored one point on him and his thing was is that like 
I'm way closer to LeBron James than you are to me. <laughs> and that's the amount of skill it takes to, to even get to the NBA. Right. Yeah. You'll see people be local legends. Yeah. I think of like um, Marcus Banks was like a legend here yeah. Yeah. In, in Vegas, right? Yeah. And he goes to the NBA and... He was, okay. he, was okay. he was he was a starting point guard. He had a good career. He had a good career? Yeah. Okay. Maybe like like five, six years. He, okay. he was in the league for a little while. You know, he played for the Suns and then for the Celtics and a few other teams. Okay. So he had a, a decent career. But put that into perspective, his career versus LeBron James's 19-year career and... You know, or other point guards. Exactly, yeah. Right? To get to like the Hall of Fame of basketball or football, it's like... Yeah, you're... you're the one percent of the one percent of the one percent. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, what are we at in time? We're at thirty-seven minutes right now. Yeah, I think we talked about a lot. Probably end there. I think that'll be safe. Uh, thank you guys if you made it this far listening. We, we appreciate you. We hope we gave you a little bit of value, or or you just enjoyed. <laughs> Being a, uh, I always say it, being a fly on the wall for our conversation here today. There's, there's literally a fly and flying around this room right now, <laughs> and he's been bugging the crap out of me this entire podcast, right? <laughs> so, I, we've we've taken the the metaphor too literally. This <laughs> fuck this damn fly. <laughs> but we're gonna go get a fly swatter and, and get out of here because we got a birthday dinner to go to. But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank and, you guys, and we'll see you in another ten days. <laughs> Peace. All right, bye.